Well, give it up for Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. We are so glad that you are here today. And we are super thrilled for those of you that are joining us online. God bless you. I want to encourage you to uh, continue watching this message. Don't just look at it for a few seconds and then say, oh, whatever, and then move on. I encourage you to continue to pay attention to it because God has a portion for you today. Amen. So um, we are, like Pastor said just a few moments ago, we are on our last day of our 21 days of fasting. How many of you are glad about that? Ah, I know that some of you are like, oh, trick question. <laughs> um, I, I am, but I'm not at the same time. Because um, to be quite honest, I, I feel in my heart that I want to continue for a few days. Um, and maybe not a consecutive, but here and there, but I'm still waiting to hear from God. So there's just some things that I'm, I'm uh, going to be sharing with you this morning, but I, I'm actually super excited about this time that we've had, we've had of fasting and praying. And, and I, I want to say that, uh, God has been so specific uh, at least with me personally. We had a beautiful time of testimony last Sunday before service began. And uh, I shared with you just a little tiny taste of what the Lord has been dealing with me throughout this time of 21 days of fasting. But anyway, I'm concluding our series entitled Breakthrough. How many of you have really enjoyed this series so far? You know, we've had five Sundays this month in January. Did you all notice that? five Sundays. And I think throughout the year, we may have like three more or something to that effect, uh, five, which includes five Sundays. So that's kind of cool. Uh, our series thus far has consisted of the following. I opened up on January 1st. You all know that we didn't have an in-person service on January 1st, but God gave me a real powerful message entitled from the pit to the palace. And I hope you all had an opportunity to see that. As a matter of fact, you know, it's interesting because as I looked back, I think it was some sometime last week, I noticed that there were quite a number of views for that January 1st um, message. So if you did not get an opportunity to see it, I encourage you to do so. From the pit to the palace, it's entitled. Then pastor picked it up with a message entitled Exercise Spiritual Flow. How many of you were here for that? That was also a power-packed message followed by Pastor Ricky Jr., who gave a really good message entitled, Purpose It. Purpose It. If you didn't hear that one, go back and listen to it again. As a matter of fact, don't miss next Sunday because he'll be here uh, to open up our series in February. And then last week, Minister Tyler brought a beautiful word, and that was entitled, Actionable Intel. That was a pretty neat title, as a matter of fact. So take a listen to that. Remember that we have a podcast channel, a YouTube channel, and all of that. You know, the timing of God is everything. Amen? And we talk a lot about timing. We talk a lot about, you know, God's an on-time uh, God. But, man, if you really begin to uh, uh, 
pay attention to those timings of God. You really get to appreciate how God works in our lives, and timing is everything. You know, Minister Sandra actually gave me and Pastor a fasting devotional before we started our fast a few Sundays back, and I cannot begin to tell you. I don't know if I shared this with you. I may have. It's been a long journey for us being here this time around, but I can't begin to tell you how much the Lord has been speaking to me through this little tiny book you see right here. And I know that you started it. You you bought it for yourself. Charlotte started it with Ruthie as well. And uh, it's been a blessing. And Pastor and I talk about it all the time. It's a 40 days of fasting with Jesus. So I'm going to continue it, you know, even though we had a 21 days of fasting, I'm going to continue it. But it has been a blessing. I want to give credit where credit is due. The author is Gretchen Rodriguez. And you can find it on Amazon, but it's called The Encounter. The Encounter, 40 Days of Fasting with Jesus. It's been a blessing to me, so I appreciate that gift. Um, it came, I believe, at the at the most opportune time uh, for me personally. I, I cannot speak for pastor, even though we are one, and I know him well enough to know that he would agree with me, but I'm going to just speak personally here today. But <clears throat> you may all be aware uh, that we had to stay in Florida uh, much longer than expected this time around. Uh, we've been here since the last week of, no, we've been here since the week before Christmas. We had it all planned out. We were going to come um, for uh, Noche Buena, which we did. We did the the Puerco, the pig, and Ricky Jr. And, and Brianna's house with the kids and the family. We had a joyous time. We spent Christmas there and New Year's and all of that. And Pastor had um, surgery scheduled, uh, which was all planned. But then an unplanned situation happened. And within a less than a week's time, Pastor had to have a second surgery. And I won't go into all the details, but... Um, you all know what's occurred with all of that. So those things were totally unplanned. And so I'm going to be talking a little bit about uh, things like that today. <clears throat> but I wanted to mention that we go back home on Tuesday, the 31st. Pastor mentioned uh, a couple of Sundays ago that we plan on uh, uh, coming uh, twice a month. Uh, and uh, however, in the month of February, I know that you will all understand that considering the circumstances, we're only going to come once in February because this has really been a long journey for us. We've been here now about a month and a half, pretty much, or a month and a few weeks or a week or something like that. So um, understand, uh, please give us a time to like breathe a little bit and then we'll be coming uh, twice a month. Uh, you know, that's that's uh, what we need to do in order to give ourselves a little bit of a rest. Is that okay with you all? Amen. Amen. Do you love your pastors? Do you want your pastors to be freshened up and coming back on fire? I'll tell you what, I am filled today because we just had a leaders conference at Pastor Eddie and Marcia Castillo's church at ESYF Friday night and then Saturday morning. And I have to tell you, it was powerful, absolutely powerful. What I'll do is when those, I know one of the videos is out already on their YouTube channel. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to send it to you because, I mean, it's in there 
uh, YouTube channel. Anyway, you can search for it, but I'm going to send it to you all because it is, those messages were amazing absolutely amazing so we pastor and i feel refreshed and how many of you know that we need those right we really really need those and it was it was beautiful but <clears throat> despite what we've been going through this month of january god has been speaking to me very loud and very clear and yes even if it's through a lot of times through little devotional books such as this you know and um, I'll, I'll preface this by saying, be watchful and be uh, mindful of how God speaks to you, even in moments that you don't expect. Even in, in, in times where, you know, you are fr frustrated, you're flustered, things don't go as planned, and you don't think you're going to hear the voice of God, or maybe you're not even desiring to hear the voice of God because you're just so frustrated. But pay attention because God wants to show us something. God wants to speak to us. God wants to call our attention. Over and over again, I kept reading and hearing the word breakthrough, breakthrough. And I, I thought at first it was coincidental, but I don't believe that anything is coincidental when it comes to our God, right? He wants to speak to us. He wants to call our attention to some things that are in his heart. But most of the time, there's too much noise. Too many distractions. Yes? Too much noise around us. Too much noise in our minds. You know, we often talk about the battlefield is here. We talk about how we have to take our thoughts captive, but sometimes there's so much noise up here. Why? Because life happens. There are things that are happening around us. There's a lot of distractions that want to pull us away from hearing the voice of God. Amen? And a lot of times we fast because we want something from God. Right? We fast because we want to we want we want to get something from God, but we need to check our motives. Hear me. We need to check our motives. We fast because we love him. We want to draw closer to him. We fast because we want to hear God's voice. We fast because the word tells us to. We read it throughout the word. And when we fast, not if we fast, but when we fast, the Lord specifically strips away the things that hinder us and distract us. Amen? He pulls away. He strips like an onion. He peels off these layers. He allows us to take a hard look at ourselves and the worldly things that prevent us from drawing closer to the Father. Can I get an amen? amen. So today, <clears throat> I want to equip you with some key points to practice daily. Now, I'm not going to give you this theological, theologically deep uh, message. That's not what today is necessarily about, even though I love those type of messages. 
if you know me well enough to know that I love to give those type of messages. But I want to give you today some fundamental key points that we as a body of Christ, as a child of God, we need to practice on a daily basis. Uh, it'll help us overcome adversity. It's going to help us overcome hardships, situations, challenges, trials, weaknesses, things that affect us on a personal level so that I believe real breakthrough can come about. So today, as I mentioned last weekend, I want us to look within ourselves. I want us to hold up the mirror to ourselves before us. We want to hold up that mirror. I want to talk about things that we deal with that sometimes we don't even admit to ourselves that we need God's intervention. I hear a few little scragglies, amen here. But sometimes we don't really realize that we need God's intervention on some things because we, we, uh, can I be blunt? Sometimes we lie to ourselves. And sometimes we don't admit some things. Some people have strongholds that they've developed, that they've dealt with for years and may not even realize that that's what it is. They've created these strongholds. Would you agree that many times when trials come, some things that rise to the surface I didn't even know were deep things to the surface when trials come when challenges come things that don't go away I didn't know that I had that in me and it might not be that good amen have you ever noticed how you react when things don't go your way? When others don't think like you do? Or when you planned for something and all of a sudden those plans come crushing da crashing down? I, I can tell you by personal experience that it's not fun. I, I don't know what you call those people. You might know better than, than me, uh, Pastor Hilda, but uh, what do you call those people? Type A personalities? Is that what it is? I, I, I am very thoughtful and planning, and I, you know, I like my, to cross my T's and dot my I's. What do you call those people? Is it a type A personality? I don't know what they're called. B, C, D, E, F, G, whatever. But that's, that's me. That's how my brain works. That's how I am personally. I was having this conversation at the hospital with uh, Barbie and Carlos the day that pastor had his second surgery, as a matter of fact. And I was just sharing with them some things that have happened to me in the past that the Lord has dealt with me. And uh, for me, when things don't go as planned, and I don't know if you can agree with me or not, but when things don't go as planned, I get very frustrated. Control freak. And I admit it. I admit it. I, I, I can be a control freak at times. And when things don't go the way that I had in my mind as planned, man, 
I do not get happy. And you know what? It comes to the surface. Sometimes I can really be a pesada. And I'm truthful. If I'm truthful with myself, I can be a pesada with around others. My husband says Hamas, but he's totally in love with me. But it is true. So I do, I get very frustrated. When Pastor had his first surgery, this uh the, towards the middle of uh, the second week of January, we were at some hospital, I will not mention the name, and uh, things were not going as planned. He was supposed to get there at noon, <clears throat> and surgery was, all of a sudden, the nurse comes in and says, hey, you're scheduled for surgery for like 1, 1.30 or something like that, and I thought, oh, praise God. Originally, he was scheduled for 3.30. Praise the Lord, this is going to be a quick thing in and out. We're going to go home and he's going to rest and this is all going to be behind us. Well, one, one thirty comes around and I'm like, okay, he's hungry. He can't eat. He can't drink anything. And, uh, two o'clock comes around. I'm like, okay, what's happening here? Nurse comes back. Oh, you know what? I made a mistake. Uh, I read wrong. It's, it's actually for three thirty. Okay, all right, no problem. You know, I'm trying to be a good testimony. I'm a Christian. <clears throat> I'm a pastor. I always think about that. I always think about, you know, let my testimony be a good testimony. You know, so we wait, we wait, we wait. After a while, we realize 3 o'clock is not going to be the ticket. <laughs> and later on, I get to find out that there's only one uh, piece of equipment probe in the hospital that is to be used for that surgery. And it's not even part of the hospital. It's not even owned by the hospital. It's rented. And that one doctor was using it. Therefore, our doctor could not perform the surgery yet. So to make a very long story short, it was more like six something in the evening or even past that. I think six something in the evening came about and the doctor came in, apologized profusely. I want to say like maybe eight o'clock is when you were wheeled in. So how many of you know that, you know, when, when those things don't, uh, and he was, pastor was a saint. Does that surprise you? It should. <laughs> Pastor, and, and, and trust me when I tell you that even after the surgery, he was, it must have been the, it must have been the uh, anesthesia. They gave him fentanyl afterwards. I was kind of freaking out. Uh, Andy, I was freaking out that they were giving him fentanyl for the pain. You know, I was like, oh, fentanyl? What do you mean fentanyl? Anyways, <clears throat> Jeannie, that was very nerve wracking. But anyways... After he gets done from surgery, I'm already like really frustrated. But praise God, we had a great praise report. Again, I won't go into those details. Great praise report at the time, whatever. And <clears throat> I am confronted by a, um, a nurse that I later had to repent to the Lord numerous times because um, the, this this beautiful human being um, had me on edge, had me on edge. One of these people that are very nervousy, 
you ever deal with somebody like that, that, you know, it's, it's just very antsy and all that kind of stuff. So it was kind of hard, you know, pastor comes out of the surgery and he's in a lot of pain and I just couldn't, I just couldn't get, you know, my message across to this individual. I was very, very frustrated. And all of a sudden, these really ugly things in my mind started to come out. And, you know, my attitude, my attitude, I started to realize, man, I'm, I'm a little nasty. And, you know, your pastora isn't like that, right? Come on, by a show of hands, come, give me some grace here. You guys don't know me to be like that, right? Can I get some amens in the house today? right? I'm not like that at all. But these things were coming to the surface because I was frustrated. I, I hated seeing him in pain. He was, he was requesting more pain medication and kept asking him over and over again, are you sure? Yes, he's sure. I've been there. I know that pain. Give him the drugs. Now, double portion, please. Quick, you know, so it was one of those sessions that really, really, really uh, messed with me. Anyway, um, I'm going to let that little mini testimony go and we'll go on with the message. But today I entitled the message, <laughs> Let It Go. For the past month, we've been staying on and off. We're like gypsies. We stay at uh, the Rios's. We stay at the Gallinars over in Palm Beach Gardens. We've stayed at the Castillos. <laughs> and now we're going back to the Gallinars in Palm Beach. So we feel like gypsies, you know, traveling to and from. But for the most part, we've been at uh, Ricky and Bree's house. And as you can imagine, Addie is just fixed on Frozen. And all I hear in my mind is let it go let it go. And Addie wakes up in the morning, brings me the control and says, Abba, let go, let go, Abba, let go. So I entitled today's message, let it go. Let's pray. Oh, Father, speak to us this morning. Lord, as you have spoken to me throughout this month, And sometimes, Lord, I not have really enjoyed <laughs> the um, reprimand. I'm appreciative of it. Speak to us this morning. May this word speak loud and clear to your people today, Father. May this word fall on good soil and produce much fruit. And may people grow in your word, grow spiritually, stronger, and may they keep in the forefront of their mind what they need to do on a daily basis to have you ever so near to us, Lord. Father, we thank you. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing unto you, O Lord, my God and my Redeemer. And I give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Like I said, for the next few moments, I want to just share with you what the Lord's been telling me and speaking to me about. See if this, any of these things hit home for you. Do you struggle with fear? 
<clears throat> do you find yourself consumed with worry and your mind is constantly racing with thoughts of doubt, angst, and unsteadiness? Perhaps it's unbelief where you need an intervention. Maybe you need your faith to rise up in a certain area of your life. And how many of you can relate if I ask you this? Can you believe God for others about something? You pray until heaven comes down, until the roof falls from the rooftop. You pray and you pray with all the faith that you can muster. Yet, when it affects you personally, you have trouble having faith. Anybody? Do you believe for a financial miracle for others, yet when it comes to your own finances, your faith goes down a few notches? When a financial crisis hits you, do you immediately think, I've got to stop tithing? I've got to stop giving? God is always the one that gets hit the most. <laughs> I'll stop giving to God. Why is it that we think when a financial crisis happens, we immediately want to take away from God what belongs to God? Now, I don't know where you stand, but I can tell you that I have to purpose myself to keep my eyes on Jesus and constantly remind myself that he is my provider. And I have someone very near and dear to me, pastor, who is always the one that steers me back to the word. He tells me to stop worrying. And he's always reminding me of how God has always sustained us and provided for us for our every need. I have another one that's always like nudging me about that. And that's my sister-in-law, Charlotte. She's always like, you know, God is always, God's our provider. And, you know, it's one of those areas in my life. Can I be truthful this morning? Okay? Because I'm not going to wear a mask for anybody. I'm going to be truthful to you this morning, with you this morning. I'm going to be transparent with you this morning. That is an area in my personal life that I have had to deal with for years. Not, not the tithing part, because I have no problem tithing. I never have. Never have. When we, when we were, uh, when we gave our lives to Jesus, it's going to be 37 years ago, this uh, uh, Resurrection Sunday, 37 years. Pastor and I celebrate 37 years of marriage now in February, next week. Amen? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <clears throat> 40 together, actually, because we dated for three years. So 40 together. Can you believe that? We were so young. But so I never had a problem with tithing. When we gave our lives to Jesus, it was just like a given. It was like we gave our lives to Jesus and we gave to the Lord. It didn't matter. But when it came to my personal finances, when it came to the things that we had to pay at home and when we bought a, new, uh, a, a, a house for the very first time in our young married life, all of those things for me was nerve wracking. And pastor has, has always, always steer, like he's, he's always like pulling in. Hey, 
No, God provides. God, God, and I and I always have to let react. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Can you believe that? That is something that I have struggled with for many, many years. I've come a tremendously long way. Just understand me. But if I can share with you, if there's an area in my life that I can pull and I say, and I have to say, I need intervention here, God, and I need to fix my eyes on you, I can tell you that it's in that area. Anybody out there with me? Oh, no. Some, maybe? Maybe in other areas? So the Lord uses him all the time, and I'm grateful for that. When we were told... <clears throat> in our old location at 81 Hook Square, that our rent was going up by three times, my mind began to race with thoughts of doubt and of worry. Have you been there? When you're given a news that rocks you, when you're given a news that all of a sudden you were not looking for, when all of a sudden that rug underneath you gets pulled and you're like, what in the world, God? What is happening? But see, I had to make a determination and take those thoughts captive and believe God or else, or else, doubt and fear would have consumed me. But I had to let it go. Amen. I had to let it go. And so that's the reason we came up with these little bracelets, remember? God's got this to remind us that he does and that we don't have to have the reins. How many times do we not have to have the reins? We don't have to have it. We got to let it go because guess what? A lot of times we don't have control of it anyway. If you worry about it, you're just going to be worrying your pretty little head about it. And it's going to affect you anyway. So you may as well let God do what he does instead of trying to keep holding on to it. Let it go. And so here we are. God has provided this beautiful sanctuary that we're here at the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And although it isn't ours, he's provided a temporary place for us to gather. How many of you are grateful for that? I know I am. I'm even grateful at the fact that we were supposed to be here originally six months, and here we are going into 2023, and we're still here. For whatever the reason, gosh, we, we have a couple of, of uh, realtors looking out for us. We haven't heard a thing. So God has purpose. I don't know what it is. Man, sometimes I go, God, just get us out of here. But I don't have control over that. And a lot of times I, God, what are you doing? God, what do we need to do? God, 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 God. And those areas of frustration come out to the surface, and God wants to say, I want this. You need to let it go. You need to give that to me. Amen? Amen. We must learn to relinquish control of things because the fact is that our Heavenly Father can handle things so much better than we can. We must learn to let go of things. You know, anxiety 
is something that attach, attaches itself to people if you let it. I believe personally it's a spirit. Panic attacks, anxiety, we won't go into all that theological stuff, but I can tell you that it is a demonic assignment to deter us from fully trusting God. That's exactly what it is. If you want to pinpoint it, that's exactly what it is. It's a demonic assignment. Do you find yourself battling some of these emotions in your mind that you succumb to the thoughts and let them envelop you? I know certain individuals that do, that just meditate on those evil thoughts and allow anxiety to overwhelm them. Maybe you need peace and you struggle to find it. Or perhaps you battle with trust. Maybe you battle with anger. Maybe you're quick-tempered. I know I can tell you I was a little quick-tempered a few weeks ago. And that's not like me. But I was. So then it is in me. And I didn't really realize it. I kind of did. Because it's come out several times. I'm not going to lie. It's not the first time. But it's in there. Lying, uh oh, gossiping, ay, criticizing, ay, mi madre. Or maybe it's a certain sin that keeps tormenting you. Hmm. Maybe it's pride. Some of these things you may not even be willing to admit. Were the toe steel toe shoes being worn today? Amen. How about negativity? Do you have a hard time seeing this half full or finding the good even in the middle of a trial? That's kind of hard to do when you're in the middle of a trial to see the good in the trial. Think about that for a moment. Let's chew on that for a second. Think about when a trial hits. When bad news comes, do you have trouble seeing the good even in the middle of that trial? Or maybe, just maybe, you've been hurt by someone you trusted. And now you've built a wall where you are skeptic about everything and everyone. I've been there. Have you? And do you know how many Christians actually get hurt at churches, in the church? And then they find themselves hopping from one ministry to the next in search of the perfect church, the perfect pastor, the perfect youth group, the perfect ministry, the perfect couples group, the perfect children's church, the perfect pews, the perfect rug, the perfect music, the perfect sounds, the perfect people, and they'll never find it. But you know, that's one of the tactics that the enemy has been pretty successful in, I might say, keeping people hurt. Keeping people hurt. Why? Because then then they will never find their purpose. Then they will go from ministry to ministry 
and never find their true identity and where they need to serve. Because guess what? Where God has you, he wants you to serve. He wants you to serve him in the capacity that you're in. You're in a church, you serve God. You just don't become a pew warmer and say, gimme, 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 God. No, you serve God. But when people are hurt and they go from ministry to ministry, they don't find purpose. Amen? So do any of these things hit home? So with a show of hands, how many of you can relate to at least one? Two? All? I know I can. All right, for note takers, here are some steps for you to get your breakthrough. <clears throat> These are fundamental steps, fundamental points. Very simple. <clears throat> Excuse me. James 4 7. James 4 7 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now I wish I had a little round table or something where I could put this here instead of going down, up and down every time. I'm going to put this up here. <clears throat> 4, 7, James. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. These points that I'm going to share with you are elementary, yet they are, listen to me, paramount in our relationship with God. Why? Because we need to practice them on a daily basis, on a regular basis. So here we go. For those of you that are taking notes, number one, whether it's a sin you continue to struggle with, a weakness that you need conquering, or something or some things that you need to let go of, the first step is threefold threefold. It is submit, confess, and repent. Everybody say it with me. Submit, confess, and repent. Say it again. Submit, confess, and repent. To submit oneself, to yield to God, is one of the most humbling experiences. He wants us to lean into him and depend solely on him. When we do so, we are enriched with strength, we're enriched with grace and with mercy and with supernatural power when we submit. You see, it is here, it is here in the humility of submission in our surrender where we find strength to battle life's crises and yet also be strong enough to resist our own thoughts and the schemes of the evil one when we submit. When we submit to Yahweh, we're surrendering the, this thing. We're, when we submit to God, we're surrendering this thing or these things that can hinder our spiritual growth. Maybe we don't come to terms with what it is at the time, but he knows perfectly well what they are. And sometimes I might add that God will cause 
cause a situation to happen, God will allow a certain situation to take place for that to come to the surface. Because you see, if you don't go through that, then you will never know that this was beneath the surface. Yeah? So God will say, I'll let this happen because you need to deal with this. We need to deal with this together. This is going to come out to the surface. You see, you never knew you had that in you, did you? You never knew you were really dealing with this, did you? You never understood or really realized that you doubted me, did you? Or that you had this character trait and you need to let that go because it's not a good testimony of who you are and who I am in you. So let this be a lesson. That's why I said a moment ago, right, that many times, many times, when those things come out to the surface, you're like, I had that. I deal with that. I had that deep inside. I had that, that was a root and I never knew it. I never realized it. And then you're like putting that mirror right in front of me, God, aren't you? Yeah. And then sometimes we go, why does God allow these things to happen? You know, how many of you have heard the phrase, why do bad things happen to good people, right? What I'm saying is that God sometimes wants to call our attention. He wants to peel back those layers. He wants us to look like him. He wants us to walk like him, to talk like him, to see like him, to think like him, to act like him, to react like him, to be like him. But he's got to pull back layers sometimes because there's some things that he needs to deal with. Surrender. So when those things happen, surrender. That's why fasting is a must for those who are in covenant with Christ. Although this isn't necessarily a fasting message, it goes in line with it. We are in the middle of our... 21-day fast, we're finishing today. Like Pastor said, only if you get released from the Lord. But when fasting happens, you strip away that, that, that desire to eat a certain food or eat as soon as your stomach begins to growl. And when you begin to feel those hunger pangs, you submit to God, you lean into God, more so that you would lean into that big old steak and potatoes, and you, you look at that and you say, no, because my flesh and my spirit man needs God. And therefore, I lean into you, God. And that's when God can deal with us. That's the perfect time where he pulls off those layers and he lets us see, truly, truly see what we need to eliminate in order to be free once and for all. Can I get an amen to that? Is this helping anybody yet? That's when we can let it go. Let it go. Let it go. 
Turn away and slam the door. Surrender it. Submit it to him so that we can finally have the breakthrough that's, that we so desperately need. Becoming vulnerable with the Lord enables us to face our issues and ultimately demolishes those things that we hold on to tightly to. There's some things that we hold on very, very tightly to, and sometimes we don't realize we do. But submitting to God is a form of telling him to search us, to look through every crevice of our hearts. It's giving him permission to seek out those things restrict us from having a fulfillment with him. By, by opening every facet of our being to the Lord, we become comfortable in his searching days. It is then when we can stop focusing on ourselves. Watch him. Just watch him peel back the layers of unbelief. Watch him peel back the layers of anxiety of shame, of distrust, of anger, of resentment, of pride. Whatever it is that has been limiting you when you submit. Watch him do those things when you submit. If you've been following our devotionals that uh, pastor has been sharing during our fast. How many of you have been following that? Those have been really rich, really rich. And talk about the timing of God. You'll remember that on Thursday, this past Thursday, uh, day 18, I believe it was day 18. This is what it said in part. And I was reading this and I, I later told him, I said, wow, wow, that, that touches the message that I'm giving on Sunday, how God's timing is. He, again, he want, you got to see God's voice in different situations like this. Because as, as I was preparing the message, I read day 18, I'm going, thank you, Lord. That's it. That's it. It said in part, and I quote, it said, fasting is not only a time in which the intestines and thus the body purify themselves, it is also a time of the purification of your spiritual temple. Stay tuned because we have a really powerful series coming up in February. I'm not going to give away the title of it yet, but it's going to be good. And then it says, have you noticed that the time of fasting is kind of a reinforcement? Sometimes we discover that during fasting... We are more impatient and ill-tempered than we would actually like to be. And then I thought to myself, okay, you're calling to my attention yet again, God, because I'm in the middle of this fast when pastor is going through all these surgeries. And of course, I was so ill-tempered and impatient during this time, and I was fasting. I didn't stop my fast, even in the middle of him going through what he was going through. But I thought, yeah, I was. I guess I was hangry a lot of those moments, though, too. So in the middle of being hangry, all of this stuff started to come out to the surface. So 
And then it says, sometimes we discover during fasting that we are more impatient and ill-tempered than we would actually like to be. And character traits emerge in us, which we actually do not like at all. Hello. At the same time, we become more sensitive to the gentle speaking of the Holy Spirit. You see, because when that was happening to me, although I started to see these things, these ugly things come to the surface, at the same time I'm seeing this and then I'm going, oh God, I hear you. Which probably I would have just said, oh yeah, that was ugly. Well, Lord, forgive me. Whatever, move on. But at the same time, I said, oh God, I hear you. You're trying to say, deal with it here. This is not pretty right? And then it says in the same quote, when I myself fasted for several weeks for the first time, I hoped for major spiritual breakthroughs. And that was me. <laughs> I was going into this fast like, all right, pastor's going to go through the surgery. We're going to come out victorious in the name of Jesus. We're fasting. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be this. And then it says here, I expected signs and wonders, healing and conversions. Instead, I woke up one day and saw points in my life that I needed to surrender. I'm reading and I'm preparing this message and I'm going, <laughs> oh, Spirit, you have a sense of humor. And then it says, this is still quoting this devotional. Did you read this? God showed me blind spots in situations where up until now, I had believed myself to be completely in the right. <laughs> Can't get any clearer. At first, I was almost disappointed as I expected completely different results. I wanted to do great things for God, and instead, he held up a mirror to me. But then... I became grateful. Hallelujah. David himself prayed, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Did you catch that? Test me. David, King David, giving God permission, test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 139, 23, and 24. So the next step in this threefold process, we've got submit, then we have confess. Our faults, our sins, our weaknesses to our Heavenly Father. He fills us with forgiveness, His grace. One of the most difficult things for a human being to do is admit or reveal something that we deal with. Correct? At times, we don't even admit it to ourselves. We don't want to admit it to ourselves. Someone that has a drinking problem doesn't admit that they're an alcoholic. Or the person doing drugs believes they have a handle on it. This is true for all those internal things that we know deep down inside that we need an intervention from the Lord. 
We humble ourselves by bringing it to God, confessing our frailty, confessing our shortcomings, confessing our sins. When we draw near to Yahweh, he draws near to us. Psalm 138.6, for though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. And Proverbs 3.34, toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. It is to be humble to confess your sins before God. When we confess our sins before God, we're admitting the fact that we need him. If we don't confess it, we're relying on our own strength. Where do you want to be? Dependent on him or on yourself? And, you know, that might sound like an easy question to answer, but think about it for a moment. We may not even realize that we've been relying on ourselves most of the time when we should have been trusting it all to him. He can take that thing and remove it completely from your life. If we're only honest with him and with ourselves and confess it before him. So, we submit, we confess, and then we repent. We see how Jesus gave the churches in the book of Revelation an opportunity to repent. Many of you have seen some of the teachings that we've given in reference to that, right? Jesus gave the churches in Revelation a warning and the opportunity to self-correct. And you, you have to understand that this is very important. This is most important. It's when we decide to turn things around, when we make it a deliberate act not to practice those things that are not pleasing to God, to make an about face, to say, Lord, I'm sorry what I'm for my sin, for my way of being, my faults, my anger, my short-temperedness, my distrust, my pride, whatever, forgive me, God, forgive me. Repenting is a powerful thing. It shows the Lord that we're serious about changing. If we don't repent, we'll change. And it demonstrates to the enemy that you're not going to be his puppet anymore. Truth be told, we've been his puppet for too long. Do you realize that? There's some attitudes that need to change, but... He comes at you like a flood because he wants you to fall over and over again. You know, being tempted is not sinning. We know this, right? Being tempted is not 
sinning. It's when you succumb to that sin that we fall short. When we give in to that temptation, when, when we take the bait is when repentance needs to take place. When we see that inner attitude come to the surface and it's being dangled right before us. So I want a person off big. And we see it and we want to act because we are in the right. Yet we don't succumb to it and we say, no, I'm going to step away. And let just God be God. Let God handle it. And you bite your tongue. And you bite your tongue. When we give in to temptation, when we take the bait, is when repentance needs to take place. Jesus was tempted, yet he didn't sin. He didn't fall into the trap that the devil was putting before him. So repenting must be a common practice in the life of every believer. Repenting has to be a common practice in the life of every believer. Do you think that you go about 24-7 and you don't do or say or think something that is not pleasing to God? We try. We try. That's why it's important every night before you go to bed, when you're about to close your eyes, God, if there's, if there's anything that I, that I thought of, said, that maybe I criticized somebody about, or anything that was displeasing to you, you forgive me. And, and I, I'm, Lord, with your help, I'm going to try my very best that when that, that happens again, I'm going to, I'm going to hear your voice and adhere to it. And I'm not going to fall. Forgive me. You know, do you realize this is basic Christianity 101? Yes? But it's what the Lord's been reminding me of throughout this month. So I pray that it's been speaking to you. So after we've submitted to God, confessed, and repented, then we need to thank him. We need to thank him. From the devotional I mentioned at the beginning, the writer Gretchen Rodriguez writes the following, and I have to say, this spoke volumes to me. And it says, and I quote, a beautiful way to align ourselves with God is by developing the habit of thankfulness. When Jesus wanted to feed the multitude, he took what wasn't enough and thanked the Father. He didn't complain or say something religious like, I know this isn't enough, Father, but I'm trusting you to come through. He simply thanked God for what he had, and then he behaved as if it were enough. I'm going to say that again. He didn't complain or say something religious like, I know this isn't enough, Father, but I'm trusting you to come through. See, that would be my prayer. <laughs> I probably would have been me praying that way. I remember one day, Pastor and I were believing for some. He, uh, I may have mentioned this once at church. And uh, 
he says to me, I was struggling with doubt. And he says to me, you pray. In my mind, I'm going, I don't want to pray. I'm having a season here of doubt. I'm having a mini doubt season. Hey. But I was obedient. I was like, okay. I'm like this. He's in front of me. And I started to pray something. And boy, he stopped me in my tracks. And I didn't like it. I was offended. I really was. I'm going to be truthful. I was offended. I didn't like that he called my attention. I really didn't. And because and, I, I mean... I felt like it was a heartfelt prayer. I felt that it was, it was a, a, a prayer that I really had deep inside my heart. It sounded a little bit like that. And I was like, Lord, you know, I don't even know that if it was one of those, if your will or something like that, I don't know what it was. And he put his hands down. He, he's, he stopped holding my hands and he goes, no, you're praying wrong. And I was like, what you talking about, Willis? I didn't say that, but I thought it. So I was like a little kid, like membembe. You know what that means? In my in my mind, I went. I I pulled out a baby thing, and he goes, "You're praying wrong. That's not a prayer of faith." And I was like, "Okay, then you pray." And he started to pray. But I was, I was taken aback by it because I thought he put me in my place. I didn't like it. And even while he was praying, I still didn't like it. And I still didn't repent. And I still didn't say to God, okay, God, he's right. I'm sorry. In my mind, I'm going, well, whatever. You pray, but that's how I feel. But he prayed, and guess what? I came in agreement with that prayer reluctantly because I was still offended truthful. But he prayed, he finished the prayer. And when we were done, you know, we said amen and all of that. And I kind of like went back to my little desk with my tail between my legs. And later on, I felt like, okay, God, he's in my place. So that means that you put me in my place. I'm sorry. You know, but I was reluctant, but I had one of those doubt prayers. I hope this has been to somebody here this morning. Okay. So let me go back to this. He didn't complain or say something religious like, I know this isn't enough, Father, but I'm trusting you to come through one of my Pastor Yvette previous prayers. She says here, he simply thanked God for what he had and then behaved as if it were enough. Man, I read those words and I thought, oh, God, that's so good. And then she says, thankfulness preceded the miracle. Thankfulness is the catalyst to some of our most significant breakthroughs. Thankfulness is the catalyst to some of our most 
significant breakthroughs. You see, you think, oh, just thanking God is something that we have to do. Thank you, Lord, already for that answered prayer. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. But if you really, really pay attention to the fact that when we are thankful, it is the catalyst to some of our most significant breakthroughs and miracles. Why? Because we're believing God, like we always say, despite the circumstances, despite the natural, despite the tangible, the thing that we see, the thing that we feel, the emotions that we feel, the doubt that we struggle with. But when we are thankful and God, it's hard to be thankful when we're in the midst of a battle or when when we're seeing that person that we've been praying for for the longest time not come to Christ. Whatever it is, whatever it is, it's really hard to be truly, genuinely thankful and grateful to God when we see we don't see the breakthrough, but. Thankfulness is the catalyst to some of our most significant breakthroughs. I loved that. See, we shouldn't wait until everything is exactly the way we want it before developing a habit of thankful of thanksgiving. And, and I'm that way. I'm the I'm the type of person that I, I like things in order. I like things to be, okay, this here and this is here, and then I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to go, and then when I'm preparing a message, all right, and this time I'm preparing the message, oh, something happened that I can't now prepare, oh, man, my goodness, I don't have time to prepare the message, oh, the clock is ticking, Sundays are coming, and I don't, still don't have my message prepared, this is me, this is me, no, I'm speaking to, to some choir over here, I'm not going to mention any names, but if you follow my head, she's blood of my blood. I know you, because her and I are so much alike in so many ways. But it's the truth. That's me. I have to I have to have things in order. I was telling Barbie and Carlos that same thing when we were at the hospital that day. You were in surgery. And I said, man, I'll never forget, you know, the one of the most powerful messages that God had ever given me was a message that I never wrote one note, one one page, one word on a piece of paper. Y'all remember that testimony? Some, some of you might or might not. I'll refresh your memory. Estoy como los viejos, repeating the stories. Even if you've heard it, I'm going to say it again. Many years ago, it was more or less during the first times that I was Preaching, you know, pastor for such a long time. You got to preach. You got to preach. No, no, no. You got to preach. You got to preach. No, no, no. You got to preach. You got to teach. No, 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 no. And I began to preach. And one day I had to prepare for a message. And trust me, I do not prepare a message a week in advance. I prepare a message a long time in advance. I chew on it. I chew on it. I write some notes. I chew on it. I pray. I ask. And I. All of that, that's me. I studied, da, da, da. That's, that's me because I'm, I'm like that. Control, control, control. I got to control the time. I got to control this. I got to control that. And Charlotte always gets on my case about that too, by the way. Anyway, I was sitting at my dining room table. Type A, my Bible, my laptop, some notes, 
I had a big commentary right over here. I had a strong concordance. I looked studious. Man, did I look studious. And I was getting ready to type. Da -da -da -da. Sunday, whatever the date was. I was about to type. And as my fingers were about to touch the keyboard, the Holy Spirit said to me, you're not writing a word. And I looked around and I'm like, ¿Cómo? ¿Cómo fue? ¿Qué tú dijiste? <laughs> it was one of those moments where I had to pause and say, was that really me? Was that the Holy Spirit? And the Lord said, open the word. I had the word right there in front of me anyway. I was going to read it. But the Lord was telling me, you're not going to follow notes. You're going to be led by me. I know. I see my sister going like this, like, oh, my God. Yes, that was me. I thought to myself, oh, well, I don't know about all that, Lord. <laughs> I don't know. He said, open the word. And I opened the word to a, a story that you have heard a zillion times or maybe a gazillion times preached. And it had to do with how Jesus walked on water and when Peter stepped out of the boat and all that. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I have to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. I cannot write notes. How am I going to preach without notes? This was in the beginning part of, of, of my preaching ministry. And the Holy Spirit did a work. And I'm telling you all the credit goes to God and not me because I did nothing, just obeyed his voice. But to this day, there are many people, some that still come to this church and others don't come to this church anymore that have told me that it was the most powerful message and the most impacting message they've ever heard me preach. It was when I let it go. When I relinquished control and let God do his thing, and I stepped out of the way and I said, Holy Spirit, the pulpit is yours. Have your way. And it was a very powerful message. Very powerful message to God be the glory. Now, I don't know where I am in my notes. But it's true. We really shouldn't wait until everything is exactly the way that we want it before developing a habit of thanksgiving. Whatever it is that you are letting go of, pray about, believing God or for, or the things you're confessing and repenting of, thank him already for the victory. Give him thanks, give him praise for the change in you. A lot of times when we pray, Lord, change him. Lord, change her. Lord, they need a change. God, they need you so bad, Lord. So bad. God, save them. God, rock them. And God sometimes is saying, that's what I want to do with you. Abre los ojos. Look in the mirror. 
Because many times, the answer lies within ourselves. Do you realize that sometimes there has to be a change in us for the answer to come? For the breakthrough to materialize? You see, we want God to move. We want God to act. We want God to answer. Yet at times, he's waiting on us to make some changes. God, move. God, I need. God, I want. God, intervene. God, I need a breakthrough. And God is looking and saying, ¿Y tú qué? What are you willing to change? What are you willing to give me? What are you willing to do? A heart of thanksgiving shows that you're already grateful to God, no matter how things appear in the natural. We're going to be closing soon. It's not enough just to take something to God and pray about it and leave it there without acknowledging the fact that he's heard you, that he's already answered He's already answered. When we develop the habit of thanking him already for the breakthrough, we're operating in faith. He says, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God and Christ Jesus in you. In all circumstances. When the shoe is tight, didn't sound as good in English as it does in Spanish. Psalm 34.1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And I was having a conversation with the Lord the other day, and I was thanking him for bringing some things to my attention this month that I needed to confess to him and repent of and just let go of. I had to admit that my attitude and outlook pertaining to certain need change. And it's hard to admit that sometimes, but guess what? When we're thankful for the reprimand, it makes way for the breakthrough. I guess I'll say that one more time. When we are thankful for the reprimand in Nagaso, it makes way for the breakthrough. When we let go of those things that stop us from hearing his voice and begin to thank him for the rebuke, we can also begin to thank him for the victory. Will you stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So from now on, let's be thankful. When we're challenged and we don't go our way. And let's have our eyes open and say, okay, God, what are, you, what are you trying to get my attention here of? What's going on? What do I need to shift? Where do I need to trust you more in? What uh, do I need to confess or not do anymore? I'm asking you this morning. What, as I was giving you this message here by the leading and the prompting of the Holy Spirit, probably thought of a few things. You may have even thought of other people. Like, man, I hope 
wish so-and-so is listening to this message. So-and-so didn't come today. Man, I wish they, I'm already thinking I'm going to forward this message to them. Don't think about them now. This is about you. This is about you. This is about me. I'm going to ask you this morning, what is the thing or things that you need to let go of so that our heavenly can continue to mold you into his wonderful masterpiece? What are you waiting for to let go and let God, truly, really let God? If it's control that you deal with, relinquish it. Man, it's freeing when you do that. It really is. It's freeing. Don't you know that he can take whatever situation so much better, he can handle it so much better than you can? We always say that, oh, God can handle things better than me, but we're still holding on to it. Don't you know that he can resolve anything you've been holding on to? The problem you've been having with that loved one or the attitude you've been dealing with or whatever it is, let it go. Submit it to God. Confess it to him. Repent of it. And then thank him. Thank him. I guarantee you that you will receive his peace over whatever situation you're facing today. So with every head bowed and every eyes closed, and those of you that are watching online, think about this. If that's you, I want you for the next few moments to just lift up your hand and say, you know, Pastor, I'm one that has to let go of something or some things. I, I, I'm going to raise my hand. I'm the first one to raise my hand because I've been honest with you throughout this whole message. And I know that many of you out there can be honest with yourselves this morning and say, yeah, that's me, Pastor. I can, I can relate. I got to let that go. And, 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 and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit is just showing you there's some people here that the Holy Spirit is nudging at your heart. And you know, it's not a, a condemnation because that comes from the enemy. It's a conviction. It's a conviction by the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit convicts, there's change. So we're going to pray together. If you've got your hand up, you say, Holy Spirit, deal with me. I do have control issues. <laughs> I do have short-temperedness issues. I have, sometimes I criticize. Sometimes I'm negative. Sometimes I lie. Sometimes I say things that hurt people. Sometimes I respond in a quick-tempered way. Sometimes I'm ill-tempered. Sometimes I want to just knock people upside the head because of their way of being. 
But forgive me because I'm not perfect either. Forgive me, God. I submit it to you. I confess it to you. I repent of it. Whatever that is, whatever that is, as you're out there listening with hands held high, I know everyone in here is, is, is confessing all this right now, is submitting all this to God. And I know that those that are online are probably nodding their head. So we're submitting it to you, Lord. We're confessing. We're repenting. We commit to you, oh God, that when those things rise to the surface again, because they will, because of certain situations and circumstances that happen in our lives, and sometimes the enemy wants to prod and pride and bring things about, but we commit to you, oh God, that when they happen, that we're going to be quick to recognize it. We're going to step away from it. We're not going to submit or succumb to the sin, to the weakness, to the frailty, to the fault. And we're going to ask you to handle it, Lord. We're going to let it go. And we're going to let you do the work. That we may be a pleasing vessel unto you, O oh God. That when you see us, Heavenly Father, you see your son, Jesus. And when others see us, they don't say, oh, here comes so-and-so. But they will say, wow, they're a true reflection of Christ. Sin that they are always talking about, they truly are a, a reflection of Christ. So I ask you now, if you're here this morning, maybe you're watching online and You've never really given your Jesus. You don't know him as your personal Lord, as your personal Savior. And today, you would like to give your heart and life to him because you've tried everything else. And maybe you've tried everyone else. I'm here to tell you that when you give your life to Christ, you will never be the same. So if you are listening to this message and at the sound of my voice if you are out there and you say I want to give my life to Jesus today just say this prayer Father in the name of Jesus I surrender my life to you I open my heart and I give you full control forgive me of my sins they are many but I want to live right for you from this day forward. So I commit myself to you. And I ask the Holy Spirit to help me every day of my life to live for Christ. And I promise that I will try my very best to do so, God. I thank you for your peace now, for your forgiveness, and for my salvation. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now let me pray for you this morning. <clears throat> Father.